0: Your hour of thrive time be- 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 begins now with your host jay mamey on the jay Mamie talk
1: show good day everyone and welcome once again to the jay Mamie talk show this is jay Maney and i am fired up that you're joining our show today Because I'm going to deliver yet another episode of value-packed, action-stoking, thought-provoking content that is going to help you thrive in the areas of life that you are intended on thriving on, and that could be any area of life. Today, if you're joining our show for the very first time, you're going to realize that this is a wonderful investment of an hour of your day. Every week as we continue to put forth quality broadcasting where it matters the most with actionable, implementable training and concepts and listening from people that are experts in their field, and you're going to enjoy today's show as your very first time listening experience, then if you are a returning listener, then can I encourage you to continue to do what you have been doing, and that is sharing our program, sharing the broadcast, the podcast with your friends your family your co-workers your colleagues on your pages it is working my friends we are growing our show every single week because of the value that we deliver but the support that you are uh, providing us and getting the word out this is the grassroots movement and it is working we're coming up close to our 100th episode a magnificent feat for a radio broadcast that started from scratch almost two years ago. So thank you for continuing to support this show. Today I want to encourage you to know it's one of those episodes where you have to have a pen handy and a piece of paper somewhere because note takers are money makers. And those of you that are going to take notes today are going to be in for a fantastic treat. When you have two doctors on a show, you know the doctors deliver fabulous content with tremendous wisdom. And today's going to be that kind of episode. We've got two doctors going to be joining our show today, and we're going to be talking about being mindful, not only in business, but being mindful in the way that you perform. And we're going to dive into the neuroscience of performance. Our first guest, Dr. Eric hall is a mindful business expert. Uh, Dr. has a PhD in economics. He's been a real estate CEO, developer for nearly 40 years. We're going to dive into that a little bit when he comes on. But he's also lectured real estate at Colorado State University for 20 years. But currently he's the founder of Living in the Gap and his popular workshops teach CEOs and professionals a different way to operate mindfully while improving the bottom line an important topic for today. And then we'll also hear from Dr. John Finn, who just wrote his best-selling book. It took him 20 years to write this book. And boy, those 20 years are paying off because the habit mechanic is getting ridiculous reviews from all over the people from all over the place. And I got to tell you something. I'm excited to hear his story. Dr. John Finn, he's the founder of the award-winning tougher minds consultancy. And he also has uh, a number of, uh, degrees and he's a PhD. And he's a, a fantastic individual to hear from. And our final episode will be the Impact Spotlight, which will be our returning guest Katrina Darway is going to have. Uh, uh, it's going to give us the opportunity to hear what she's doing. With her foundation, you can live again. They've got an incredible upcoming event here in Dallas. She's going to share with us what that event is going to entail and how we can participate. So we've got a jam packed show, my friends, and we're going to rock this thing right after the break.
0: Business owners, are you feeling the pressures of running your business? There's a limit to what you can do and still keep employees engaged. Insperity brings 30-plus years of HR experience to help you with hiring, training, HR administration, and compliance, while giving your employees competitive benefit options. You're able to focus on other priorities, your employees can thrive, and your business can grow. With Insperity, nothing seems impossible full service HR, employee benefits HR technology, Insparity HR that makes a difference
2: I tend to second guest dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating stomach pain or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy or other conditions.
0: Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon.
2: Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800 633 9110 to learn more. That's C R E O N dot com.
3: Sponsored by AbV.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to the J Mamie Talk Show. On the line right now, I'm excited to hear from Dr. Eric Halsapple. You know, I mentioned earlier that Dr. Eric Halsapple, he's fantastic because what he does, he brings a mindfulness approach to business. And I think today as people are sort of resettling and and getting back into this groove of business, uh, hopefully most of them engaging back in the workplace are certainly looking to take their business to the next level. Having the ability to really control what goes on between the two ears and how you use that to perform better is so critical that having Dr. Eric Halseppel on the show to share his wisdom I thought would be the ideal thing to do. He himself is a successful developer and entrepreneur, so he's walking the walk, not just talking the talk, and that's important. And he himself used mindfulness to transform his life and his business, and now he's doing the same for others. As I mentioned earlier, he's the founder of Living in the Gap. He teaches CEOs and other professionals a very different way to operate mindfully so they can improve the bottom line. He's a lecturer at Colorado State University. Uh, He's practiced meditation and yoga for 30 years. His perspective is very, very different, and he really is a catalyst to changing lives. Someone like that you have to have on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. So, Dr. Eric, thank you for being on the show.
4: Thank you, Jay. Thank you for having me.
1: We're going to dive right into your goodness, my friend. But I, I want our listeners to get up to speed with a little bit of your backstory.
4: Well, uh, I uh, I grew up in Maine and went uh, moved to Colorado to attend Colorado State University in my early early twenties. It was interesting. My backstory was uh, I was always successful at work growing up, and even you know delayed college for several years at work. I always got reinforcement through work. I uh, never liked school. I actually ended up diving into school to support my desire to teach. I really wanted mm-hmm. to, you know, expand myself and desire to teach. So I went through and got a degree in economics and then a, an MBA and went out to work for a dozen years. And I was really immediately successful in real estate, uh, elevated to a president of a division of an Australian company in the 80s, traveled all over the country and uh ran several divisions for them and then in the late late 80s uh went off on my own consulted with that group for a little while and and had some immediate success and said you know what my heart is telling me to go back to school study economics and get my phd so that i can teach so i went back to moved back to colorado and entered the phd program Colorado state university and graduated that three years later thinking I might go into academia, but I was just too entrepreneurial for that Mm. uh, system. So I Mm -hmm. went back out into the work world, just started as a real estate broker met a uh, partner named Don Marostica that had a lot of developments going on. I, I uh, started with him and at the same time I started teaching as an adjunct faculty at Colorado State University. So, and I did that for 20 years off and on at Colorado State and helped them form their real estate center, raise some money to endow a chair etc with that and my journey though really morphed into very successful at business but not satisfied not really Mm -hmm. happy even though I Mm -hmm. had those successes I kept looking inside and I found yoga and I found meditation and in there I just found some space and found happiness and joy that uh, was different for a long time I was a closet meditator Mm. but later on I started uh, Finding a friend or two at work and introducing it. And over time, uh, my whole company actually, it is not even with me demanding it, but was uh, transformed a vision into mindfully creating community and started a seed group at the company. You know, eventually had mindful based stress reduction come in. Everybody practiced mindfulness. And uh, today we just have a thriving business, uh, which is mindful and giving back to the community. And my my impetus, motivation to start with, living in the gap that we train other professionals and other companies to practice mindfulness in their business, it has been very rewarding, and I've, I've found peace and a joy that I never had just through business success.
1: You know, so it, that's, it's that's a wonderful. Well, that, it's a wonderful story, Dr. Eric. Well, and I could just continue to peel the layers of onions, uh, the peel the layers of onion there, because there's so much. Of what you shared, that is just pure life experience. But I could I tell you something: for someone who didn't like school early on, boy, you you sure finished well with a PhD. <laughs>
4: yeah, I, I did.
1: That's it wonderful. Tough. It was. Yeah. Thank but you. You know, it was interesting. Oh, you're welcome. You, what's interesting is that you went uh, you you went in multiple different directions, but the direction that you found that had uh, gave you the most peace was probably something that you never would have thought of thirty, forty years ago. That would have given you 25 years ago that would have given you the kind of peace and satisfaction and joy that you find now and that is uh, sort of living in this in this place of mindfulness and then teaching others so that's interesting where life can take us where we least expect it and where we could find the greatest amount of joy uh, the, the older we get the more mature we get we, we really do find that place of peace but why do you think that today you mentioned you're running a number of groups. You're finding people that you're building this mindfulness community. Why do you think that today people are seeking and searching these types of experiences more than ever?
4: I think more than ever today is because of the stress and divisiveness, uh, inner rhetoric and the stress that Sean Hannity here, my new home. Pandemic and, you know, pending recession and all those things. I mean, there's a lot of stress out there and they're not finding answers in conventional wisdom you know they're Mm -hmm. having to look beyond conventional wisdom to follow you know to get through the stress that's in life so you know we recently did an eight-week mindfulness program at a a real estate firm in denver actually two firms and the immediate response of just some gratitude and mindfulness uh from that group and to know that their employers care about enough to to do that was just so inspiring you, know, you just mm. had people that were a bundle of stress come back and say gosh i haven't my kids are even liking me now this is great mm. stuff mm. so it's it's very rewarding some of the impacts are immediate but it's a process over years you keep opening opening and seeing new things as you go so i am I'm, I'm delighted that the uh you know that people are looking because i i think there's a an answer in a different direction from which uh,
1: we have been going for many years. So for my listeners that are not really, they're not really uh, aware or or fully understand what mindfulness is. Can you explain what mindfulness is and how does it actually fit into business?
4: Well, most simply I boil it down to one word focus. Can I focus Mm. on something that I choose to focus on? notice when i'm there focusing on it and notice when i've distracted myself and moved off of it then i just keep coming back to that focus so for instance through meditation and it doesn't necessarily require formal meditation but this is an example we focus on our breath and learn to just follow our breath in and out as an anchor to it and notice when we're not when we lose our breath which happens pretty regularly when you first start and then return our Attention back to our breath and just notice that then we take that focus training and do all parts of our life Can we focus on what we choose to focus on? multitasking consciously being consciously aware of multiple things is a myth we can do them just like my heart beats My lungs breathe, you know, we can do a number of things but we can't have all those things in our conscious awareness at once we're, we're pretty limited to one maybe two things that we can be consciously aware of, and that's mindfulness, filling
1: my mind with that one thing. So for the person that struggles with that, because sometimes it's easier said than done, and you've been on both sides of the fence, and it seems to be, since your demographic, you you really focus on high-level, very ambitious, driven people that have their hands on multiple projects, that CEO. But that could be the that could be the mom, right? That could be the individual who's maybe oh, not totally. at a CEO level, right? Uh, how does that person who's listening right now say, you know, doctor, that's all great and good, but I can't get my thoughts to focus on one thing, and and here you are for, uh, asking or or speaking about focusing on your your breaths. How does that work? How can someone begin this journey where they can actually harness their thoughts, be mindful, even to the extent of focusing on their breaths? Yeah.
4: Uh, I find the key is to start very small, to start in very incremental steps. We usually promote, you know, starting with two minutes Mm -hmm. because longer than that, before our mind learns to calm down a little bit longer than that can be counterproductive because we just go up there and we just think, Oh my God, I'm crazy. And, or this meditation is causing this bizarre, you know, confluence of thoughts when actuality is, it's always been that way. We just haven't really noticed. So if we start really small, then we're able to learn, have the mind calm down in increments in which we can expand it. So I say start, start really small and mm-hmm. be really consistent, as close to every day as you can. You know, just start small, you know, and you know, over 30 days or 60 days, you increase to five minutes. And, you know, even over a year, I take people to 10 minutes. When we're in group settings, we might go 20 but usually on their own 10 minutes. My personal practice, you know, over 30 years is 20 minutes a day of meditation Mm -hmm. longer when I have time, or I love to go to a silent retreat or a workshop Mm -hmm. and that helps, but really small doses, Jay, really, really starting small and just starting to have the intention of being mindful and notice what's going on is a huge key. So don't be too hard on yourself. Start out small, And, you know, it took us a long way to get this way. It took us a long time to get this way. It may take us a while to be more focused. But, you know, focus has got no downside in business. I haven't met one person that hasn't done better in their business. I've met people that have decided they don't want to do what they're doing any longer. They, you know, touched into a soul that they didn't really, you know, hadn't really had connection with and decided, Mm -hmm. you know what, I need to go on a different track but I haven't found one. And and that's a rare occasion. Most people find they can find purpose and meaning in what they do just by being more present. But I haven't found one person that their business went down. Most always, their business goes up and their satisfaction level goes through the roof. You know, they just have a little contentment because contentment comes in living in the gap is that gap between thoughts. When one's 6,000 thoughts a day, when does one thought stop and another begin? That little gap in between is peace and joy. Stress comes from thought itself. Thoughts about things that, that we don't do anything about particularly is,
1: is stressful. So Yeah, I, 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 I like what you said. You, you, said just, you, you said something important there that I think it's um, – you know, in our show, I call them – some people call them rather mic drops, and I do call nuggets of wisdom mic drops. But then it goes to the next level where they go from mic drops to knowledge bombs. And and you just dropped a knowledge bomb where you said that it's in the thoughts where stress comes from, right? It's what we think about yeah. um, or or belabor on. That's the root of stress. So it's in between the thoughts, and that's that's oh, brilliant. Yeah. I can see why that's living in the gap. So so let me ask you this question. In that vein, thinking between the thoughts, there's something to be said about having reasonable expectations about how you can manage. Your thoughts. In other words, like you said earlier, you start small. And you don't sort of uh, jump into this meditation thinking that you're going to hop into a 20 or 30 minute session when uh, you know one minute might be the starting point for you. But where could someone begin to start settling those thoughts that can run away with them to create that much level of anxiety and stress, whether you're in business or not?
4: Yeah, there's a recognition that happens after a little bit of practice in which that we there's a separation between our thoughts and who we really are. When you know, before we spend some time practicing and slowing down, you know, thoughts, a bundle of them can be just who we think we are. And we're not our thoughts. We have thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we actually, we actually knew, now, now science is showing that we're, we're actually, you know, consciousness. And then we have That's thoughts right. and can we observe them And when we choose and also let them go and, and, and choose to be present. Our thoughts continue whether we're focusing on them or not. They're finding you can even do math in your, in your non-conscious <laughs> that is going on. It's crazy. But that you don't have to be there. It's just like your heart beating or your lungs going. Your thoughts will go on, hopefully calm down, a little more organized in the brain waves but they can go on. while well, you operate below the waves. That's still going on, but I operate here just being present with Joe on his show. Well, my brain's still going on about a book that I'm writing. You know, it's still going on, but I'm here. I'm under the waves. So, and if I can distinguish and get a separation between myself and my thoughts, then I can reduce that stress level. I can start going, Well, oh, thanks for sharing thoughts. But you know what, I'm going to choose just to be present in my life today mm. and do what I can do mm-hmm. and let what I can't do alone because I can't do anything about that today. So what can I do something about? I think I'll go do that.
1: And yeah, there's something to be said about being selective on what thoughts you choose oh. to focus on,
4: right? Oh, man, I mean, I'm I'm so glad I don't have to act on every thought I have. I don't know about you, Jay, <laughs> but I have some I have some fairly unwholesome thoughts, you know? <laughs>
1: Don't we all, brother? Don't we all? Yes, I don't we, we all. We do,
4: yeah. Yeah, and they're I, all I put was... in there from culture and society, and you know, mm-hmm. the thoughts all came in from somewhere, and you know, listening to the media and social media and advertisement and everything, they're all parked in there, and it's just not all positive. So making that separation between thoughts and who we really are is a huge step. So sorry to interrupt you, Jay.
1: No, that's quite all right. It's funny, as I, I know you're uh, you're a parent. I want to ask you a question about that in a minute. But my son, I have a 13-year-old, almost a 13-year-old son, and I I'm, I often encourage him, even though it's very difficult these days with all the different social media platforms and all the games, everything that kids are exposed to that you and I weren't exposed to when we were 13 years old, right? Um, I say to him, be careful of what you expose yourself to. Be mindful of what you allow yourself to receive in your personal space because that stuff sticks with you, and there is very science proves that whatever our eyes glaze upon whatever thoughts enter into our consciousness that never goes away that just gets stored somewhere in the subconscious mm-hmm. level and at some point when you least expect it these thoughts these ideas whatever you've seen whatever you've experienced whatever it's inside that 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 storage place in your head it comes out and now you get bombarded with a bunch of different thoughts and it's very difficult to choose which one to focus on which ones to let go of because they're coming at you uh, I like a herd and it's so watching what you uh, mind being mindful of what you watch and who you even spend time with sometimes you can spend time with the wrong person and that person can seep into your subconscious mind these, this negativity that surfaces at a different point when you least expect it when you least wanted to so you are absolutely right you have to be very careful what you allow in your space because it'll resurface at some point or another yeah. but in our last two minutes you run a business you teach, a nonpro- you teach you, you've uh, launched a nonprofit, you have your own family. How do you find time to do all of these things, Dr. Eric? I've played baseball, and I'll explain. <laughs> my, home,
4: my home plate is my Love personal it. work. I get up <laughs> early, and I meditate. I do some mindful movement. I do my gratitude. I do my journaling. I, do my, I read it, something, because I want to plant seeds for the day. And I want to be in a space. My first base is my family and my friends. Mm. I don't miss a base. I go. I make sure my family and my friends are taken care of before I go to second base. And that's my work. If I could have the greatest job on the planet, and if my family's a mess, I'm a mess. Doesn't Mm. matter. You know, divorces and kids in jail or whatever. So I get my first base handled. Then I go to work that way. I'm present. My family's handled. I focus 110% on work until, you know, I've got my job done and I know I've got to do my job and I got to make profit. You know, I have to, or else the whole ship doesn't run. So Mm -hmm. if I get my work done, my family's done, I get my work done. Then third base for me is community service work. That's my living in the gap. That's the food bank. That's uh, the housing authority. Those kind of things. I can't go do those. If my job's not done, if I get lose my job and lose my livelihood, I'm not going to be much help to the service community but if i organize myself and prioritize myself and focus i got to focus i can have a good family i can have a job that's reinforcing i can i can help save the world through community service and i call coming back to home base a home run so i play baseball that's how i, I love done. that and i and I, I and i teach others to do that
1: I absolutely love that, and I'm so thankful that uh we ended this episode on that question, and you brought that pure piece of wisdom to our listening audience i've never heard of that analogy I think it's 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 brilliant, Dr. Eric, you have been a fantastic guest we're going to have you back again in the future, and we're going to put up all your information on our site so people can track you down, learn more about you living in the gap, and hopefully they'll seek your services because obviously. You are a learned person with lots of value, and we appreciate you being on the show.
4: And watch for my upcoming book, Profit with Presence.
1: When that book comes out, make sure you give us a call. Make sure you reach out, uh, Dr. Eric, and we'll have you on the show to, to speak about the book.
4: I really appreciate you having me on, Jay. Thank you so much. Folks, we'll be right back
1: after the break on the next markley van camp and robin show
0: the newest excuse for inflation is the best yet
1: white supremacy nah that's easy can't be that
0: markley van camp and robbins weekdays at noon on 570
1: klif welcome back everyone to the jay mamie talk show about to have a great conversation with our author spotlight that I've been very interested in speaking with and excited about introducing to you because Dr. John Finn not only is the best-selling author of the book, the best-selling book, The Habit Mechanic, which took him over 20 years to write, which is an amazing task for someone to be as diligent for the course of that time frame to write a book, and now it's a a bestseller, but the book is proving to change lives. People have said that it is a manual for life and a toolkit for success, what I'm excited about is that it contains over 30 self-improvement tools. And that's what this show is all about, is topics like these. It's like having three books in one. That's what is being told about the book. But Dr. John himself founded the award-winning Tougher Minds Consultancy and has three psychology-related degrees. That's, that's Guys, my background in psychology to have three degrees, it's outstanding, including a PhD, by the way. He's worked in performance psychology, resilience, and leadership science for over 20 years. Very fortunate to have Dr. John Finn on the show today, speaking about his new book. Dr. John, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show.
2: Hi, Jay. Thanks for having me.
1: By the way, John, uh, our listeners are going to immediately notice the, the accent, and, uh, because most of our listeners are not only from around the world, but predominantly here in the U S and I've had a guest in the past who've been from different countries and they immediately send me emails because uh, not only do they, they love the content, but they love the accent. And I think that's the kind of feedback I'm going to get today also, because you're from the UK, right?
2: Yes. All the way from the UK.
1: I know. So this is amazing that our show is global, attracting global talent. And I, that's what this, this is all about. It's reaching people from different parts, different corners of the world who can bring value to to those that are looking to thrive. And your book is doing that for people. So I wanna dive right into it. Um, I guess my first question, John, is after so many years that you've been in practice, what ultimately inspired you to begin the book and see it to its completion?
2: Yeah, well, my life's mission is to help people be at their best, whatever their background is, whatever context they're working. I just wanna help people to do better. And I noticed very early on when I started to study psychology, when I was, in fact, 18 years old, that the traditional approaches didn't work very well. And in fact, I noticed they were becoming increasingly less effective as the world become more and more challenging. So I knew there had to be a a different way to do things, a better way to do things. And what I noticed that most of the approaches people use to try to be at their best, they're not actually based on how our brains actually work or Mm -hmm. what actually helps us to be at our best in terms of the the behavioural science. So I wanted to take that cutting edge research and make it simple and practical and put it into people's hands so they could actually use it. And it's taken 20 years to do that, to set these complex ideas, to to create the tools, the hybrid mechanic tools and the approach, and actually get people using them and trying and testing them. And we got to the point where the tools and the approach is so robust it's so powerful that we wanted to put all of that into a book and give everybody access to it because that's our mission to to help people to be their best. So why not put it into a book and let everybody read it so that everyone can do better.
1: Now, one of the things that is impressive about you, uh, Dr. John, is that you're the founder founder of the award-winning Tougher for Mind, which I love the the name of the company, Tougher for Mind. The name of your consultancy group is fabulous. But you use cutting-edge insights from psychology, uh, behavioral science, neuroscience, and, of course, world champions uh, who have left behind traces of success. That's how you've developed this concept of habit mechanics. But I wanted to ask you, what have been some of the successful uh, and effective tactics of your practice?
2: Yeah, fundamentally, we're always starting with the first principles of how brains work and Mm -hmm. why people do what they do. But I think a really useful way to explain why our approach is different and much more powerful than anything else out there is that we actually help people to do things differently. If in the UK, we have the National Health Service and they've done a very good job at telling people, educating people, they need to eat five portions of fruit and veg a day and walk 10,000 steps a day, and more people than ever before understand that they need to do that. (laughs) Yet the NHS spends most of its budget on diseases that occur because people don't do those things well. And -hmm. we live in a world of knowledge now where we know more than ever before, but we don't do what we know we should do. We do what we're in the habit of doing. So we actually help people to understand that and build better habits in real simple, practical ways. And not habits that... They're going to be with you for a couple of days or a couple of weeks sustainable long-term behavior change that actually makes you do better in every area of your life so that's where we are different and the reason we can do that is because we we base our approach on cutting-edge science
1: and i appreciate the fact that you're introducing science uh, i mentioned earlier my background is in psychology and behavioral science i have my academic degrees in that and you and I traffic in the same space, but you've taken it to a 10X level. And uh, so I appreciate that you're doing that to help those, those of us that are interested in, in utilizing and leveraging and taking advantage of the science that exists to perform better. You're doing the work for us to do that. And through your book, you're highlighting that. But today we hear a lot about brain hacking for better performance. You see a lot about that, a lot of titles out there, a lot of headlines about brain hacking. Can you clarify for my audience, how brain hacking works and and how do you address this in your book?
2: Yes, well, actually, we have an acronym, which is HAC, um, spelt H-A-C, and it stands for Helpful Attention Control. Because if we can, as human beings, if we can spend more of our time thinking and doing Mm -hmm. things that are helpful for us, life gets easier. And neurobiologically, when we talk about hacking, we're talking about using the prefrontal cortex where our willpower lives right. to manage what we call the limbic regions, these very instinctive survival uh, brain that has, that drives our behavior and that's helped us to survive as human beings for over 300,000 years. So hacking allows us to notice our habits and recognize the ones that are helpful for us, but also the ones that are not so helpful and hacking allows us to take the first step to making a positive change but the challenge and this is where most of a, a mother most other approaches fall down is that willpower which we use to start hacking the brain is a limited resource we only have a tiny bit of it mm. so what we need to do is use that tiny bit of willpower but actually then plug that into behavioural science. And we have our model, which is the nine action factors. And we show people how to create habit building plans that allow them to access all that fantastic behavioural science in a really simple and practical way. So that the hack doesn't just last for a few minutes, or a few days, you can actually build new habits and new positive behaviours for your health, your happiness and your performance.
1: You know, Dr. John, you mentioned something about willpower. And what it's so interesting that a small amount of willpower can make a huge difference if you practice proper disciplines over a period of time that becomes habit. But it's that willpower that gets the whole thing turning. It's the willpower that creates the momentum and the desire to get things done. So ultimately, uh, the, the fact is a person can have all of the tactics, techniques, and strategies to improve But boy, if that willpower is missing, right, then the rest of it will never work. Willpower is the starting engine. It's the fuel to start the engine. So I'm glad you brought that up because that's important when you factor in performance. But in your book, you write about a habit mechanic. So let's clarify, what's a habit mechanic? And and on the heels of that, Dr. John, what benefits can someone realize in their lives by practicing the disciplines of being one?
2: So the habit mechanic approach has evolved over the last 20 years. I see that the world now is more challenging than ever before. Mm -hmm. And all my research, all my work with our clients, everything I've done over the last 20 plus years, it's shown me that the only way to be your best in the challenging modern world is to become a habit mechanic. And that means Mm -hmm. you have a gist understanding of how your brain actually works and you understand how to use good science in a really simple, practical way to start building tiny new helpful habits. And you that's what you are. You adopt that identity that you are, we've got to be working on ourselves all of the time, not in a real arduous way, but just making these tiny little adjustments. So if we adapt that habit mechanic mindset, we're able to not, it's not about being perfect, it's just about doing a little bit better every day. And it means that when we're doing well. We're going to do even better than we otherwise would have done when we're not doing so well so when we're on a downward trajectory it mm-hmm. means that we're going to not fall as, as far as we otherwise would have done we'll stop ourselves falling faster and we'll get back to being our best faster so for me a, adopting the mindset of a habit mechanic is the most important thing that you can do and really the gist is you, you understand how your brain works in a real practical way and you can use those insights to help you to start building better habits. And that's what the book does. The book tells you everything I know about how to do that. I'm not holding anything back. It's not a sell through. It's literally everything I know is in that book.
1: One of the areas that I think a lot of people fall short, doctor, is what you speak about, what you also are addressing in this book. And I find it a mystery, although it's it's not a mystery when you understand that, that implementing neuroscience in your performance is important but i think you have a lot of people who run their daily course in an ignorant fashion not ignorant as a bad thing ignorant meaning they just don't know so where do you find that people fall short in their performance when they don't take into account the neuroscience of personal change
2: i think we can over rely on willpower and think that that will be enough Excellent answer. We overestimate how important habits are. And the science has shown us over the last 15 years or so that actually habits are not 50% of what we're doing. They're at least 98%. And they are driving our everything we think and do mindlessly. We have a tiny bit of consciousness, that's it. So actually, if we want to make positive personal change, we have to tap into the habit system. And to do that, we have to use insights from neuroscience and behavioral science. In a real practical way, let's think about um, learning to drive, because learning to drive is a complex behavior. And lots of the things that we'd like to do to feel better and do better are also complex behaviors like better sleep, better diet, Mm -hmm. better stress management, building confidence, being more productive, performing under pressure, being a great leader. And if we think about what, what it takes to learn how to drive, it gives us a good insight into actually what it takes to make any, any change to any complex behavior. So when you learn to drive, you first of all, believe that you can do it. So you've got that habit mechanic mindset. If you didn't believe you could make a change, you'd never do it. You also accept that when you learn to drive that you're gonna do it in tiny little steps. And sometimes with other areas of our life, when we're trying to lose weight, for example, if the scale hasn't moved in the right direction after the first week, we beat ourselves up and we give up. We don't accept it's gonna be, it's gonna take a long period of time to make these changes. When you learn how to drive, there's a reason, there's a bigger why. I had to get the kids to school, I had to get to work. I wanted to be the first person in my peer group to do it. So you're connecting that, learning to drive with bigger goals. So we've got to take that lesson for other things we're trying to work on you accept that you're going to have to get new knowledge and skills. That's why you have the driving lessons. It's helpful if people around you have knowledge and skills, we call it community knowledge and skills. So if your parents Mm -hmm. know how to drive, that's helpful because they can take you for free driving lessons and give you some tips and advice. There's a social influence factor working. So if your father doesn't think the speed limit's a valid idea, he's not going to be a great role model for you learning to be a great driver there's a reward and penalty system at play. So if you drive well, you get your license, your car insurance goes down, you get to keep your license. If you drive poorly, you might not get your license. But if you do, you'll get speeding fines, your car insurance will go up, you will eventually lose your license. You have these reminders all the time when you're driving. There's a line in the middle of the road to remind you which side to drive on. There are speed cameras, there's a speedometer in your car reminding you what to do so you're getting reminded what to do all the time so there are all these factors that I call them the nine action factors that are driving our behavior but are largely invisible to us so what habit mechanics do is they learn how to activate all of those levers to make building new habits really easy and that's what the book shows you how to do so if we don't understand the science it's going to be much harder to actually make sustainable change Habit mechanics know how to use that science and put it into practice in a really simple and actionable way using tried and tested tools
1: well dr john finn i appreciate you coming on the show the habit mechanic is already creating a stir in the industry is changing lives the reviews are outstanding Uh, now last 10 seconds where can people go to buy the book
2: Amazon is the best place to go if you want to improve confidence, manage stress, build better sleep, diet, exercise habits, be more productive, be a great leader. It's the only book that you need.
1: Dr. John, we're going to have you back in the future, and we're going to solely focus on tougher minds. I know you have a podcast also uh, that's actually based on the, the consultancy that you're doing. We're going to dive into that when we have you back in the future, but I appreciate being on the show.
2: Thank you, Jen. Thanks to everyone for listening.
1: Folks, we'll be right back after the break.
0: According to the National Highway Traffic Administration, car accidents occur every minute of the day. The injuries you suffer in a motor vehicle accident can change your life in an instant. You may be unable to work, or you may need extensive medical treatment. Even if you feel overwhelmed by the results of an accident, there are remedies available to you under the law. When you're in a car or truck accident because of someone else's negligence, you have a right to pursue monetary compensation for your losses. At GetLegal.com, our mission is simple. To provide accurate, accessible, and reliable legal information, giving you confidence and peace of mind, with clear, concise explanations of the law in plain English. Get Legal's attorney directory can help you connect with highly rated local attorneys in your area who practice personal injury law and can help you receive medical treatment with no upfront cost. GetLegal.com, your resource for all things legal. Get educated, get informed, get empowered. Get legal. GetLegal.com. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably.
1: Welcome back everyone to the Jay Mamie talk show on the line right now. Our impact spotlight is someone that has made tremendous headways not only in the Dallas area, but really around the country with the value that she is bringing to empower people to experience, uh, something more meaningful and to really step out of themselves so they can thrive. And this show is all about people that are, uh, intent on helping others thrive. So Katrina, Darway. She's been on the show before when she wrote her book last year. We had her on the show. But Katrina, that was just a, poor, a portion of what she does. She is the founder of You Can Live Again, a tremendous organization that is empowering people. That's why she's on the show today. She is impacting lives, and she's going to share how she's doing that and what's coming up on her radar. But she's also a speaker. She's a producer. She's an event director. She's also a singer. And she, again, brings so much value <laughs> to the world that we wanted to have her on and and let her light shine bright here on the Jay Mamie talk show so Katrina welcome back to the Jay Mamie talk show
3: well thank you so much Jay for having me we're excited to be here
1: well I want to dive right into the concept behind you can live again you that inspired you you were inspired by something to Mm -hmm. take the initiative to begin this Uh, this wonderful organization and this movement. Share with us what inspired you to do that.
3: What inspired me? Thank you for asking, Jay. Um, It really goes deep. I am one who really had to really fight to believe in myself. I'm one that fortunately, of course, I had a really good upbringing. But at the same time, uh, through life's journey, I started making mistakes, and I found that I truly had to pull myself back up because a lot of times when people are looking at you or or you have a spotlight on you sometimes people frown on that and so I realized that I had to be the one to pull myself back up, that I had to be the one to believe in myself. And so that began my journey in rediscovery, you know, of who Mm -hmm. I am as an individual, Mm -hmm. as who I am as, you know, as a a person. I realized also that I can do what I set my mind out to do. And that was part of the rediscovery as well.
1: So how did you – coming to that realization yourself. I mean, it's one thing for a person to become self-aware of the changes they're making and the pivots they've got to to go through to, to have a better experience, to enjoy life better, to live again, like like you say. But then it's a whole other ball game to put an initiative together that is going to do the same for others who also might be stuck in that place of, of self-doubt and maybe lacking confidence and they've got a message and a story that the world needs to hear. Uh, but they're stuck in their own place. They have no way out. You went beyond yourself to inspire others. What led you to take that initiative on apart from what you were doing uh, with your own personal life?
3: Well, I've always helped individuals, and even during my struggles slash trials, I still helped other individuals live again. I still uh, mentored, um, especially young women, to continue to believe in themselves that were going through some really personal situations. And so I initially started the You Can't Live Again magazine. I had Sherry Shepard. Um, she had a wonderful You Can't Live Again st- story. Um, I had um, Joni Lamb to Victoria Olstein to Nisi Nash. They all had uh, You can Live Again stories, but they were also helping other individuals so when i went on my sabbatical to you know of course to become MC of the house of blues gospel brunch here in dallas i this it kept uh coming back to me the you can live again movement because i began to see more and more people that were really struggling to believe in themselves and and i was watching people allow people to make them feel less than who they were Hmm. and so Mm -hmm. i really felt that This was a need to go ahead and bring forth, to not only inspire people to, of course, live again, but, again, to celebrate individuals who are using their life experiences to pull people up, to put above them, to lift them up on that plate and help them uh, pursue their own destiny, you know, almost rescuing them from the, the environment that they're currently in. So, And that's what we're doing is we're celebrating those individuals as well. So that's, that's how that came about is I began to see that there were individuals that needed uh, to be empowered, and along the way I was able to uh, meet people who were using their life experiences to impact other individuals' lives.
1: And your organization is also helping other nonprofits by not only shining the light on them recently at at one of your past events, which we're going to actually talk about the new one that you have coming up now in Dallas in a few weeks here, uh, which I'm very excited and honored to be a part of. But you've got the You Can Live Again Music and Entertainment Award. Uh, and I we, there's a, a special recipient. I'll let you share who's going to be on that who's the <laughs> recipient of that award But in the, in your last event last year, you had a number of nonprofits that were also there They had a chance to have the light shine on them And I know a number of people poured into those nonprofits one of those nonprofits actually I was so impressed by what they're doing uh, Treasure vessels that I actually had them on the show and they were an impact spotlight. So you really are doing great yeah. work with, with bringing the awareness of some very good people out here to the marketplace. But let's talk about this upcoming event that you have happening here, uh, this You can Live Again Music and Entertainment Award, uh, an expo. Share with our audience what that will be all about, the intent, and how they can participate in it as well
3: okay well we do have of course the you can live again expo and awards announcements where we are celebrating individuals who have used their life experiences to help other individuals and yes we have celebrated um nonprofit, uh agencies uh, we've also celebrated individuals like performing arts uh uh, schools uh, directors, you know that are taking the time out to really help young kids in the field of performing arts, um, and also in addition to that, uh, since we're on the topic of music, we're really excited to honor and celebrate Matthew Knowles. He, of course, has a "You Can't Live Again" story, but he is also a recipient. Of the music and entertainment award, and so we're very honored that he accepted. A lot of people don't know his story. He just uh, signed a huge two hundred seventy-five million dollar uh, film and movie production uh, deal um, to not only shine a light on his story but to produce really impactful uh, films, uh, movies, etc. So we're excited that he has accepted. Um, As well.
1: One of the things that I I believe will bring a lot of notoriety to this event, not only is the name um, and the celebrity uh, persona of Dr. Matthew Knowles, who's a fantastic guy, fantastic story, he's been a guest on this show and he was just a down to earth brother who just wants to help people, but I think all of the other speakers that you have uh, on this agenda, the whole platform, the 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 way that you've outlined uh, special places along the way to to highlight other individuals and their messages share a little bit about what a visitor to this event will experience by coming in
3: one of the things that I found with striving to live again was there are different steps that you have to take and so I really wanted to provide not only therapeutic uh, type of speakers Motivational type of speakers, but we needed people that will help people with self help. Mm -hmm. And so we provide a platform for these individuals because a lot of people don't know or they may have heard and it became monotonous, and when you have someone else tell you the same thing in a different way, it becomes more impactful. So being able to provide them with different speakers on various topics, something will hit home for them to continue to excel or pick them back back up. You know, these past two years have definitely been uh, true trials for many, many individuals, whether it's – Yeah, whether it's been interpersonal or whether it's been around them, what they've seen, um, it it can definitely put a damper on the spirit. So this is to motivate. So it has several different types of of, – uh, thought processes, you know, so and it can resonate in so many dif- different ways And that's what we wanted to do We wanted to identify with the way it's going to be for that particular uh, Individual or the way it's going to be received by that particular individual
1: So where could people go to learn more about the upcoming event learn more about your organization? participate maybe even uh, become a supporter of the organization as well
3: they can go to you can um, also, in reference to just directly purchasing a ticket, they can go, of course, to you can live And everybody knows Eventbrite, but you can live But they can also access um, the you can live website.
1: Well, Katrina. We really appreciate what you're doing through this organization. We appreciate what you're doing generally for the world. And I hope that people come out and support this event. It'll be up on our website so folks can go there and learn more about it. Click on that link and come down to, if they're in Dallas, might as well spend a great afternoon there with uh, with us, with hearing from Dr. Knowles and all of the other incredible speakers that will be there, the other business individuals that are going to be a part of the expo. It's a fantastic event. It's for a good cause. We're also, uh, I believe, part of that event is going to continue to support Treasured Vessels uh, fantastic uh, organization that that also does great work for, for uh, women that are victims. And uh, so it's going to be a fantastic event. We appreciate you. And anytime you've got anything else coming up, I encourage you to give us a call because we'll put you back on the radio and make sure that the world hears what you're doing.
3: And, Jay, thank you so much for partnering with us. Folks, that wraps up another
1: fantastic week of Thrive-Minded content. I hope you come back next week. Until then, keep thriving.